This show is about spoilers and discussion. It's also about spooky things that are best enjoyed after you see the movie. So any movie we talk about, we recommend you go see. You've been warned. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Horror. There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. Horror. You got red on you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Oh the Horror, a podcast where we take a look at classic and modern horror films from an expert and a newcomer's perspective. I'm the expert Rob Holmes. And I'm the newcomer Steve Allman. And today we are taking a look at the 1986 Stuart Gordon classic, From Beyond. Yes, uh, we're deep in, <laughs> we're getting into H.P. Lovecraft yet again uh, with, with yeah, our main man yeah. Jeffrey Combs. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely bringing some people back from that. This is a year after Reanimator, so that was directed by Stuart Gordon and produced by Brian Usna, and they're both back for this. And yeah, we got Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton has come back. This time she's, I, I like her transition in this because it, it, she kind of goes from main victim for Reanimator to basically our our hero. Uh, for this film yeah uh, you could say in, in a way i mean there's they're definitely by the end of it she is the one in power and, and has the control right when you know at the end of the day when we look at this by the time we get to the end i, I like it, it, in a weird way this movie was like uh i i enjoyed it for sure um i found it's uh, like its main conceit and uh like plot to that move forward a little like flimsy uh, because I wasn't exactly sure 100% uh, or, or at least convinced what we were uh, getting towards in a weird way. Because, like, we'll get to, like, specifics in a minute. But there's a major, like, sort of plot point that, re like, that relies on one thing being turned on or not. And it's kind of a bit of a, it's it's kind of a bit of a, like, conceit is like, all right, well, how can we turn this thing on? We clearly know is bad, but... We right. shouldn't be turning it on. Well, it, uh, I mean, that's that's the kind of that's that's the thing about this film that I really like. It's based on a very short story. I I think I'm pretty sure this is the one that's only based on something that's like two or three pages long. That's it, um, and stretched out into this entire you know eighty six minute feature. And I've got to say, like it 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 gets right to the point immediately. There's no beating around the bush of what this film is. And then you realize it's just this very isolated story for the most part. Yes, it's, you know, it starts off in the house and it goes to the hospital um, from there. But it is, and then I, I think it gets back to the house at some point. The whole thing is insane. The movie is just absolutely crammed filled with, crammed full of like amazing practical effects weird practical effects a storyline that i've never heard of for a movie i i really almost like i i kind of come up to the line of saying like not nonsense but it's very like it's a reach for this movie i i, I, I you know what i don't i don't really think it's a reach at all because it is something that people still don't really know about the whole right. pineal gland thing right so to take the pineal gland and to say that this this resonator machine 
activates uh, something that has been dormant um, in humans for a while. And that's, you know, but they were trying to figure out, especially then, like, what did the pineal gland even do, right? Uh, so for this machine to activate it, it's interesting that it would cause the pineal gland, because of how much force was letting out, to start growing and become active in this thing that's feeding from there. But it also brings in that Lovecraftian, um, Cthulhu-esque, that other realm, you know? And it is going, you know, it's the things coming from beyond into this world. And it's just, it's very weird, but at the same time, it's like the resonator activates something in a person that brings them all this weird pleasure. It almost seems like when you're put near that realm, it will start to transform you and turn you into creatures from that world anyway. Right. You know? And it's a very weird thing. You can kind of dig into it any way you want to to figure out what the hell this is, but that's why I like it because it, it there's so many questions unanswered by the end of this film if you really let your imagination go with it, especially with the color palette that's in this film. It is it's really fun, man. I mean, you could you could build an entire universe out of this, and people have. People I, have built entire worlds based on this film. I, I like in their own comic book lore and I've, stuff like that. I find the uh, a lot of the things that the movie wants to crack open very much rely on uh, Lovecraftian lore, which I feel like is almost deeper than what they're actually presenting. They're kind of approaching the sort of depth that this kind of like mystery can solve from is it's it's very like surface level. Like they're only like, oh, there's something like in inside of our reality that we're just barely not seeing or something like that. And that's very true to the heart of a lot of Lovecraftian books because I'm a big Lovecraft horror I, I, fan. I like to read a lot of his books. Um, but I feel like this could have actually gone a lot further. And I feel like it's just too small in scope uh, to really like grab me as much as I would have wanted it to. That being said, what it does let loose is pretty fun and wild i won't like just detract from that no and I, I i have to agree with you on that it's very it's very contained almost to its detriment there's o there's only you like know, two it, real it, main locations in this movie actually right. <laughs> like it's the house and the hospital for the most part and that's that's what you're kind of left with there's a lot more that could have been explored maybe going in fully to the other realm and that and you you could say okay it's a budgetary issue but this had a four and a half million dollar budget and they spent uh, it all on those effects. effects. They, they clearly oh, definitely all on, on the effects. effects. That being said, though, yeah, there's there's a lot more I think that could have been done to like flesh out this world more. But it it definitely went with more of a. This is weird because it kind of has a, a little Hellraiser feel to it with the whole BDSM stuff going on with Dr. Pretorius. Yeah, and like it, I feel like that was and then later like, on, very yeah, with, not necessary. With, uh, Barbara Crampton. Yeah, yeah it, I mean it's it's a very it's a random thing, but I almost feel it was part of me is wondering if it was just put in there to give another element and keep the budget down. Uh, it sexualizes the film. It does what they want to do, which is. You know, they want to show Barbara Crampton naked because th that's every time you see her on film. Yeah, no, they I literally, guess... that's the only reason why they did that. And that kind of feels gross in a weird way. Well, no, yeah, in, I in, mean, in a very especially way. looking at it now, it does. It does. But remember, we're also talking about the 80s when pre-internet where this was just part of film. I'm not saying it was right. Okay. Right. I'm not no, saying no, it's it was... not. No, I get it. I get it. But this was something that Barbara Crampton did 
was she kept doing these films. She worked, you know, she worked yeah. with with Stuart Gordon many times. So if she were uncomfortable with this type of stuff, I don't think she would have. I don't think she would have been in it. No, and it's not know? that there's anything like nefarious from, I guess, from a behind the scenes perspective. It's more of just like, okay, this was the time that that was happening, uh, and it was. Dude, welcome to the '80s, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's no, the is. thing, people. I. Uh, it's such I was... a weird thing because growing up and watching these movies all the time, and then seeing the transition that happened over time about how um, for horror stuff kept getting taken out, and then PG thirteen horror became like the big boom. Uh, and then now this is kind of seen as, especially in 20, you know, 2018, 2019 lens as just kind of a little, it's super pervy. I mean, the whole thing is about sex and violence, you know, in, in the same way a lot of horror movies are in general, but this is like, you know, it's all about pleasure and sex and, and, um, weird, weird shit going on with that doctor. Jeez, man. Uh, yeah, no, and the, uh, we like, find, there's a lot yeah, of... Yeah, we find the, out weird shit about it. Yeah, the whole thing is amazing. That's, I, I mean, yeah. I love the movie all around, though. No, I, I, I enjoyed it still. I think the, the, the price of admission, not to get too summarizey at the moment, but, like, your, your time is worth seeing these amazing effects and these creepy uh, situations that keep popping up. The over-the-top acting, the uh, more or less ridiculous scenarios that uh, come across these characters... Uh, for the span of this movie is pretty great. Um, I think it's just a, it, the the plot's a bit flimsy, and so there's some cringeworthy moments when it comes to you know that BDSM stuff and uh, a, a couple of other things. It is very weird. It is a weird moment. Like out of all things, it does kind of catch you off guard. Now it, let's kind of delve into that opening scene real quick. Um, I love that scene, and it it is kind of how Reanimator has that pretty awesome opening with the with the doctor in this case there's another doctor and it's dr pretorius uh but we don't even see him right away first we are introduced to dr crawford tillingast best name dude it's amazing uh played by jeffrey combs and you know he's working on this machine uh that you know it's this resonator we don't really know what's going on yet but he turns it on and we see this eel-like creature appear and it bites him in the face, and you're like, what the hell? Turns the thing off. Um, and immediately, you're just like, what the hell have we stepped into? He goes to tell this Dr. Pretorius about what's going on. And, you know, he talks about how his head feels weird now and stuff, and how, you know, it. it I forget what he says about that in the beginning, because later they talk about how it's this amazing feeling that they get in their head. Um, but... Yeah, Pretorius turns it on. He says he has this feeling. It's, um, you know, he sees all the creatures there. And, uh, dude, that moment of, of just the reveal of what happens to Pretorius is very brief, but really cool at the same time. Like when the dog escapes and goes inside the house um, because you hear all the crazy shit going on and the neighbor complains. That's just, it's such a fun moment. It's such a great opening scene because you're like, what the fuck is going on? This movie just started and it's already batshit crazy. And then right away, this doctor here we were introduced to, his head is completely just twisted off. I <laughs> And you see this, do you see this dog just kind of like licking up some of the blood? It it looks it looks ridiculous and uh, insane. I, I by the like, way, I, yeah. when we were first when we were first introduced to Pretorius and he comes out with that robe and a 
like oddly lit oh, yeah. backdrop room. I'm like, oh, this guy's a sex freak. They're like the second that I saw, I'm like, oh, oh he's total, a sex freak. Total like, sex freak. And, and, sex he, and he right acts then. like it the whole time. Yeah, they were basically like, hey, man, um, so you're this doctor, but you're a total sex freak. And the guy he, who played him was like, all right, cool, man, on it. Yeah, and I'm honestly, he looks the type. He looks the type of skeezy sex freak that I'm like, okay. I mean, and everybody it, everybody in this film has such a distinct look. It almost, it's very, um, I mean, we say comic booky for a lot of stuff, but I mean, these, these are characters yeah, that no, could the, be pulled out of a comic book panel easily. This, this whole thing screams comic book, especially with how the color saturation would work so well in panels. Oh, you know absolutely. What I, mean? like, I got, I got just... lots of like, uh, I got lots of comic booky vibes. I got lots of like, like these people look like caricatures of the characters. Yes, they're that's exactly to what like, I wanted it, to say. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, amazing. they're just these exaggerated, big, broad types of things. You're like, okay, central casting and like cartoon characters would have an exact, like a, a field day with all of this. I like the exaggerated tone that this whole movie seems to take on, where uh, everything is big and broad and uh, over the top because of the subject matter, because of the big world that it's alluding to. But I just kind of wish that it even went further, because a lot of the situations and scenarios that like things are talking about, people are waxing lyrical about all of these uh, terrible uh, horrors that they've seen and the world's unknown and all of these glands that are being opened up. Uh, I kind of wanted to explore, like I wanted there to be like a bit of an info dump. I wanted there to be like an ancient book somewhere that they found where like, oh man, Cthulhu's here. And like the, the mind eaters are over here. And like, this is what it talked Like, I kind of wish that there was just like a clear cut thing. Uh, but instead it's just this weird slapdash sort of sciency approach to it uh which like i don't take offense to but like i kind of wanted there to be a big this is what this is kind of a thing you know that's something that's something i've kind of noticed about Stuart gordon films though i always find myself wanting more at the end of them not all of them but most of them and i think that's a great thing though it makes me i want to know more about this world i want to delve into it because most of his films i really enjoyed dagon is one that i thought was surprisingly really really good um and even when it's over i'm like man i want to i want to know more i want to know more about this weird world that he he's created i know it all deals with the you know the lovecraftian horror but there that's why i think he's a good director and that's why i i really enjoy uh you know dagon reanimator and from beyond those are my three favorites of his by far um and, and this one just, it, it leaves so much open to the imagination and so many possibilities. And yeah, some of the creatures we see, because that's kind of what this turns into, is this weird house of horrors where these creatures just start appearing because people keep turning the damn resonator back on because they want that feeling. They're drawn to it. Right. It so pulls let's... them in with pleasure. It's it's the Hellraiser thing, man. It's right. all about the pleasure box, you so know? It's the, like And here's the thing. Uh like let's talk about that resonator. Or the box. not the hell box, you know, it's like pleasure and then they get torn apart by the box. Exactly. You know, lament configuration. Yeah. So like the one of the favorite one of my favorite things about uh Lovecraftian horror is kind of the dichotomous appeal to the madness to the other side of whatever people are looking at. We talked about this briefly in Bird Box when the when the movie alluded to itself being kind of like you know Lovecraftian. Uh, it, it it takes hold of people in different ways. When some people see what they see 
like with our main character, like he's like, no, we can't possibly like this is terrible. Nobody can look at this. Uh, it'll it'll kill us all. It's so dangerous. Others become insatiated by it and they need to see more and they're driven crazy by the fact that they're not seeing more. And that's that's like easily captured in this movie. But it's it's when when this dangerous and uh, horrible thing is literally a flick of a switch. It's a very difficult thing for me to look for an audience to believe like, oh, we can't just destroy this thing or like we have to keep finding different excuses to keep turning this thing on. Uh, it, it like it, it got a little ludicrous like after like the third or fourth time. Well, uh, look, Barbara Crampton even they they even say like, "All right, let's go. We're not doing this." And she's like, "We're going to do it again to recreate everything." And it's like, "You're insane." Yeah, no, like you we're not doing insane. this. Insane. That's one of the things though, it, it, you know, she is this science-based character, you know, she's this doctor who's going in and just wants to know. She feels that that she is going to be able to figure out what it all is, you know, and and there's some scientific explanation for all. No. I get it as the character but that's part of that caricature you know she has this one trait that sticks out where it's she wants to know the truth she wants to do the research she wants to do the testing you know she's very rigid about that and then the whole bdsm thing actually works with that type of character of wanting to be in charge you know and being being able to do that and live out that that fantasy that she has, that dominatrix type fantasy that she she embodies during that part of the film. Yeah. So I can understand where they're going with it. Um, but, but like and, I said, it's, it's also reach. really weird. It's, it's a reach. You know, it is. It, it, look, it's a reach, but at it's best, the 80s. Come at on. best. Um, yeah. You know, everybody, there's some weird shit that came out in the 80s. Uh, but then we also have uh, really amazing character actor Ken Forey oh. in this. Like I, Man, just, I as, wish as like, Detective give him this Bubba movie. Brownlee. Give him this whole movie. He's I amazing. loved Dude, him. He's he's so good. And the thing about this that kind of sucks is that his character kind of goes out a little too early, in my opinion. Oh no, he absolutely goes out way too early. Like he could have been there for the rest of the movie and have gotten off at the end. He was very much, I feel like he was wasted if I'm being quite honest, because he did a lot of great comedic. I love when, I love it when over the top cops feel the need to like get into a complete horse stance before they shoot somebody. Because every time that he does it, he kind of does like this, like, like just this sumo wrestling pose and then bam, right in the face. Oh uh, no, that, perfect. and that's, so if you've ever seen, if you've ever seen Dawn of the Dead, he's one of the main characters in it. And he is, I mean, he's a legend, man. He is absolutely amazing. And that absolutely iconic role. And then this so damn good. He's just that that's the problem that I have with it is that I want to see I would like to see more of the whole from beyond thing. But I hate the fact that his character's dead, you know, right. And this is, this is actually why I very much, like, I pay attention to those Stuart Gordon movies because he's clearly a big fan and knows exactly who he's casting for the right roles. Uh, because, like, all everybody here is firing on all cylinders. Uh, it, it's, it's a very... He knows exactly the type of movie that he's making. Yeah, like Ted Sorrell to play, you know, Dr. Pretorius. He, I mean, he, he knew what that role was. He embraced it fully. You know, you see him in the beginning, you're like, all right, this guy's gone. And then you realize he is, he merges with the other dimension and becomes this creature. You know, it's all, oh, it's just super creepy. 
and how he keeps morphing into stuff and then he gets all gross with you know barbara crampton and gets extremely uncomfortable very um, very with the fingers the yeah, yeah. Well, and then we have Jeffrey Combs, like, having... We're watching this guy who we think is our main protagonist start to... You know, even in the beginning, they say his pineal gland started to push through his brain, basically. Right. And, and listen, nobody chews scenery better than Jeffrey Combs. Oh, my God. Oh, man, he so does. He's Jeffrey Combs is absolutely amazing, completely underrated. Uh, one of the best character actors probably in the game I mean, honestly, like I'll he's say, great. Like, yeah i would say like one of the best character actors of all time because the one thing i always think of immediately you know other than the the basics is like in the frighteners right and reanimator I mean, in of the course. like what, what, what more can be said so yeah well reanimator the basics you know it's like reanimator that's like the go-to right away mm-hmm. um but you know seeing him in the frighteners was just i mean that that was like jeffrey combs Oh no, yeah, he's he has full arrived. On, like, full it, it on just amazing. That was that was like peak Jeffrey Combs, in my opinion. Um but, but you know, in this it, it's such a it's such a turn because we're not seeing him as this douchebag character who we were introduced to in Reanimator. They kind of change him around and he's you know, kind of an amalgamation of his character and Bruce Abbott's character from um you know, from uh, Reanimator. You know, it's kind of this mix of the two and i i like that i think it's i think it works but then all of a sudden we're taking on this twist where you know the thing pushes through his head and then it kind of takes over um it's just it's it's very very strange you know and they take him over to the hospital and then he decides he he needs to eat human brains and sucks out dr block's eyeball through her eyeball and then sucks the brain out through her eye socket i think of all the things that this movie conceived that's an insane effect to do uh to suck them out of the eyeball which makes which honestly makes no sense it makes no sense uh but like i the second that i that i saw him do that i'm like oh god i know exactly what he's doing uh yeah and it's it's i mean it doesn't make sense you know but it it works for this film sure and it's so crazy to see this guy go from who he thinks going to be the hero to a villain you know i mean he he's this it's a sympathetic villain to a point um and then watching him go through this is just like oh shit this is this is insane um and then yeah she's gonna Catherine's like i'm gonna go you know blow up the house because this is all finally she's realized like maybe maybe this is something that i should not have messed with i've meddled with the wrong stuff and it's like yeah no shit you meddled totally you, with the you wrong absolutely stuff. should have not um, done that <laughs> um I, it's, yeah it's more and more like i think the annoying things that get in the way of this movie to me at least being truly great is that it does just suffer from uh just that you know 80s je ne sais quoi of just you know not like I can't I, I don't want to say that it's not that good because the plot's fine it's just you know making up dumb shit so that we can get to the cool shit and it, it, in mm-hmm. layman's terms uh but I yeah I, I mean I keep, it's uh, go on no 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 go ahead yeah uh, but but I keep uh, enjoying all of those great things that this movie clearly wants to set out to do uh, it just stumbles every once in a while with getting there 
sure it, it it does stumble a little bit on it but at the same time man it's just it's it's fun it's different that's that's the biggest thing about this movie is that to me it's it's different from oh it definitely is different almost any say. other horror film i've ever seen yeah and and that's where that's where i'll forgive it a lot more than than other films because it's bringing something kind of new to the table you know then all the crawford's now our bad guy and tries to then you know eat Catherine's brain so she she bites off his pineal gland <laughs> and it is it is so vicious but then it brings him back to like himself like he realizes oh my god like what have I done like you you know it, it breaks him out of that um but then you know he gets eaten by uh mutated Pretorius uh, the, yeah and, and which uh, oh man does this look good this oh, looks oh man, so, cool. so good. Not only does he eat it's him, so, it, but yeah. in the course of that, he attempts to escape from his mouth, and then like in such a brilliantly conceived because I like they didn't. I don't feel like they fully pulled this effect off, but I know exactly what this is supposed to look like. It's where like he claws his way out of his mouth, and like his full human body is like peeking out and screaming, and then like he kind of like jaws him back in. Uh, but like he rips out of him and then reassembles with inside him it's so like it, i know it sounds weird but like if you've seen it you know exactly what i'm talking about and it, it it works but like it's just i think it's only short of like a few cuts away from being like a perfectly like realized thing it's so so good uh it, it, like i i think it's the more like conceptual like amalgamation that they made pretorius into uh, is so 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 fun. I mean, it's a blast, you know. Like and it's just thing, it's like, a blast. I think it was I think it was uh, I think it was John Carl Beekler and John Nolan doing the effects. Right. Um, and well, and for the for the uh, unaware listeners, what else have they worked on? Well, like you know, uh, Beekler's known for directing Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven, The New Blood, because and I I love that one. I know a lot of people hate it. Well, you know what? That's fine. And then John Nolan. Um, I know he's done a lot of horror films offhand. I just can't really uh, remember, you know, off the top of my head. Um, but, they, you know, they both have extensive careers doing, you know, effects. And that's <laughs> very apparent in this movie. Very apparent in this movie because, holy crap. It's just, it's a special effects extravaganza. I think the coloration in it is amazing. I can obviously tell where the Power Rangers got their idea for Ivan Ooze. Um, <laughs> I mean, because you know if what? you go to the From Beyond IMDb page and you see it right away, you're like, Ivan Ooze, what the fuck are you doing in a movie what from a 1986? I bet you didn't think and, that the Power uh, Rangers yeah. movie would come up in this podcast at all. <laughs> but it did. It totally did. Uh, because that's the first thing, you know, it's like your kid I was probably 12 when that movie came out. And I was what, three when From Beyond came out. Um, and I probably saw them around the same time <laughs> so it's a very strange i you know what I, you know relation what? between the two quick praise for the power rangers movie i think the makeup and effects done on avenues very underrated well i mean obviously when i look at what i'm seeing in in from beyond and, and i'm like avenues what are you what are you doing here? <laughs> like more i would say it's a more you know it's definitely more of a grotesque r-rated version of that type of character um but it's still really cool to see, you know, like that type of uh, effects work just 
fully on showcase, man. Just full on. Oh, and no, it's, it, it's it's just it's it's awesome. It's just really great. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a wonderful thing to uh, to see uh, fully fully realized. Um, but I think it, in the like in the in the conclusion of this movie, I think it's kind of where it gets uh, more not weird, but like I kind of wished that like it ended on a bit more of a final note than just that classic freeze frame that we typically get in films like this, where uh, it's just like oh, all the bad things have happened, and then she just. Which a hilariously huge explosion comes from that attic that she seemingly survives from. Uh, yeah, I mean, she, well, I mean, she she lands on the ground, she breaks her leg. And um, her leg is so fucked up. Just, oh, my God. Like, the yeah. effect of, like, her just exploded knee. I was like, oh, my God. They really. Oh, it's, I mean, they, they fully went all out to be like, yeah, this is super grisly. And then, you know, you get the, uh pretty much the exact same thing that you got in the beginning of the movie of you know they ate him it ate him and then basically that's exactly what she says you know at the end is like it ate him and you're just kind of back to the beginning of the movie almost it all it's all come full circle it's insane and it's short it's sweet it's to the point um not a lot of actors in it it's really a small very very small film it is i mean when you're um, when you're thinking about like and and again what, like what went into it cast wise I, and everything yeah and i i think ultimately i'm still going to be uh recommending this because again it's it's on a technical level that i really really appreciate it it's on a stylistic level that i'm really down with every time that like you know the switch is flicked everything's that like hue of purple and uh, magenta that's like swirling around the room it looks very like psychedelic in a weird way i like that a lot the effects top notch, uh, acting over the top, and a lot of these scenarios, while you know, pretty out there and insane, uh, still very, very entertaining. Uh, I just wish that it did a bit more, and I just kind of wish that it was um, exploring a lot of that lore and uh, uh, you know, fan service that I really would have liked. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I but oh god, that one thing we didn't talk about was the the death of uh, of Bubba. Um, where he gets swarmed by these just bugs that, I mean, his head is left, and I think, like, part of his body is left. I think his hands and, like, maybe his, his legs. It's a, it's a um, tiny big thing, whole... what is actually left left, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bad fate that he, oh, that he befalls. It's so nasty. Um, kind of ridiculous, because he could have just moved away. Like, he stays still for too long. Uh, he's there for maybe a, a couple of seconds when he could have just run the other way and just ghosted, you know, just disappear. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and then he, I mean, instead I, he gets yeah. a Mortal Kombat fatality put upon him. Yeah, where he just kind of hovers and waits there for a second and then gets hit while someone is putting in the inputting the code, you know. Uh, yeah. And then does <laughs> yeah, exactly. that, and then he gets eaten up, and then he has his, his fatality. Still cool as shit, though, either way. Um, it's It's pretty great. I, I mean, the whole thing's just, it's a fun movie. You know, don't go in expecting, you know, the horror version of Citizen Kane. You're not going to no, get no, that. No, no, no. You're, you're no, going I, in getting what was originally intended. Like, the idea was to keep the same cast throughout a bunch of these Lovecraftian films. So 
he was going to uh Stuart Gordon was going to just keep making these types of films these were his first two major ones but then you know in 87 he directs Dolls which is not you know it's it's different it's going away from that type of stuff but then he brings the cast back together for Castle Freak which is I think inspired by some Lovecraftian stuff and then moves on with with some other films as well but um it would have been cool to see you know a film series that went on for maybe about 10 films using the same cast throughout and just changing it up, giving them like different archetype roles as they're going in in this very colorful Lovecraftian world, especially green being the main focus of his first one and this like pink purple being the saturated color of his second. It would have been nice I to really, kind of I, keep going through that, you know? I really liked to have thought of that idea or at least lived in that time of these anthology Lovecraftian movies that come out like not so much like, you know, spiritual successors, if you will. Uh, it's uh, it's wonderful because like we keep thinking about all of these things like 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 shows like uh, Black Mirror or, you know, movies like Jordan Peele's going to be making that are, you know, more or less tangential. Uh, but, you know, they, they share common threads. And I really liked this idea of like not so much a, a Cthulhu or Lovecraftian universe, cinematic universe, uh, but like, you know, sort of the same cast, the same director gets back together and does another Lovecraftian film. That's so appealing to me. And the fact that it even existed at all, I'm very happy for. And again, I, I it sounded like I'm like a tad harsh on this movie. I'm really not. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it, I just, it just had a few things that I would have liked to see more of. I mean, I completely understand that. Uh, for me, this is a this is an essential film. I think a lot of people overlook this one. They think Reanimator right away, and there's a lot of people I've talked to who don't know from Beyond, which is strange to me. Uh, I've had people say, "Oh, you mean the Beyond?" and I'm like, "No, from Beyond." Uh, and I've had to explain it. And then some people don't know the Beyond, and I'm like, "All right, well, we have to have a totally different conversation." Uh, this is Lucio Fulci. Let's you know but that's that's its own italian horror thing um it's just it's interesting this is one of those movies that definitely just got overlooked in 86 uh it it, it made no money it made like maybe 1.5 million on a four and a half million budget or something like that um and it, it is a cult classic it's just this i know it's getting more more love now it's getting a lot of uh i think let's see scream factory i think did a release recently or something like that uh, really cool special editions really cool uh steel i think maybe a steel case one or really good box art for it at least i've seen a bunch of pictures of different different uh versions that have come out over the years it's nice that the movie is getting love now I, and as you said i i want to see more lovecraftian horror i like that that there's shows like channel zero that decided to take the creepypasta stuff and make something good out of it because there's a lot of creepypasta <laughs> stuff that's been bad not that many but, people have the bravery to do that and that's the thing we're going with newer stuff though when they're coming up with that and i hate the name creepypasta it just sounds dumb it sounds like a dumb food that you make I, it's not like an inter, it's with, like an internet joke it's like uh, yeah, a dumb internet joke and I, I that's one thing i hate about that is as far as the the name of what it is and I think we kind of need to maybe switch gears and go back to Lovecraftian horror, really put a focus in on that. I mean, it's a deep well. You can keep going. Like, there's so many different t possibilities. Yeah. Like, Bert, people have like, not done it. Like, people I've have liked... really messed it up over the years, though. There was, I think, the only one that was 
even decently good was Necronomicon from, what, 93, 94? And that was an anthology film. I think it was like three or four vignettes uh, or shorts um, that focused on on some Lovecraft, real hardcore Lovecraft stuff. And it was, it was fun, man. It's a fun film, but we're talking 20-some years ago, right? Exactly. Hell, I was probably more forgiving or at least graceful to Bird Box because it even hinted at the possibility of it being Lovecraftian. And by no actual, like, like no words were exchanged, no, like, but, like, a lot of that vibe was still there. And I was just like, whoa, wait a minute. Is this this? Like, because, like, you, you get that same kind of vibe. And I just, Dude, people I are love not that talking about of... that, though. I don't know what is going on, but, like, all I'm hearing like, from... Like, I mentioned that to a couple of my friends, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that could easily be that what that was. Well, and um, I talked to some... Uh, I see some horror people, like, making comments about Bird Box. Man, people hated that movie. Like, a lot of horror fans absolutely hated it. And... I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say it was the best, but I certainly no, it wasn't the say best it was, by like, any terrible, stretch, terrible. But, but, man, when they start hinting at stuff that you never would expect them to hint at, like the Lovecraftian horror stuff, that's what I, I start getting interested. You've piqued my interest now. Um, whether whether I'll look back at your film later on and be like, yeah, this this doesn't really hold up. And, no, yeah, you know, no, you as, were talking as, about as really about, cool. Yeah, and as I talked about the creatures that you see in that, like when they finally revealed, I guess, the bird box creatures, they were laughable. And it's like, all right, well, good thing you took them out. Because then your movie would be an entire laughing stock then. But otherwise, you know, it's it's doing well for Netflix. It got them a shit ton of viewers and more subscribers yeah. through it. Yeah. So, hey. The money um, keeps rolling. Yeah, the money uh, keeps rolling. But I, th- in. I just, I, I, as, you know, I just want to see, I want to see good Lovecraftian horror come out in the next year or two. Like, please, exactly. just put out some stuff. I, I, and, hey, if, if some exists, tell us. Please, point us, point it our way. Point we us will, in the right direction. Get, I can't that be... Kool-Aid. I can't research everything 24-7. I've got things in my life to do. But, hey, if you want to do it and let us know about some great Lovecraftian horror, by all means, we would love to hear. Uh, and what I, we would also like to hear from uh, is to hear from you uh, because we uh, are located on the Internet wherever we can be found for podcasts, uh, on iTunes, you know, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get them, that's where we can be found. Uh uh, just search Oh the Horror Cast and uh, we'll pretty much pop up. And as well as our website, OhTheHorrorCast.com is where you can find a lot of bonus stuff uh, and things that we could uh, we'd like to show you as well. You're getting a lot better at this, and I'm getting a lot worse at telling us where we can be found on the internet now that you've been doing these outros a bit more, Rob. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, thank you again so much for uh, for listening to us, uh, Rob. What else have you got for us? Well. We've got a we've got a fun movie for next week. Um, being that this has been one of the new horror reboots that they're talking about, we are going to take a look back at the original Final Destination. Oh, I'm excited because I love that early 2000s drama from teens. Dude, it was all right, let, before we before we you know exit this this episode. Uh, oh man, when I saw that, I saw it in theaters, like back when I was a teenager with a ton of people and we had no idea what we were getting into. I thought it was the literal embodiment of death, like an actual figure. I hadn't really even seen the trailers. I just expected that. Then I saw the movie and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I had a blast with it. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's, I think we can, I think we can sign off there really with that 
lackluster story that I had. Um, <laughs> no, you're fine. That's no. I, hey, listen. If you could remember Final Destination, I certainly didn't. Ooh, yeah, man. I lo- I love that movie. But yeah, <laughs> we'll be looking at that next week. And uh, until then, I've been Steve Allman, and I'm Rob Holmes. And we'll talk to you next time. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Now it is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here.